Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast, the podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally, reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a bit of a shorter episode for you this week, which works for me. Hopefully it'll work for you. But I hope you liked last week's episode on the Q&A. I got a lot of really good feedback. I don't actually have any updates on those two situations for you. But as I receive updates, I will definitely be sure to share those updates with you. Just a reminder that you can follow me on Instagram at HRTracy. And I encourage you to rate and review the podcast. Subscribe if you haven't already. Wherever you're listening, you can subscribe or follow. If you are listening on Spotify, if you press follow, you can also make sure you turn on notifications. Or if you're listening anywhere else, you probably will already receive the notification. Like I think iTunes already does that. Anyway, for this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about an article that I saw in the Human Times newsletter, which I've referenced a lot on the podcast. Um, They sponsored a podcast episode back in the day. So I wanted to um, talk about it this week because actually I think it's totally relevant, especially since so many people I know are starting to go back to the office just like me. So I've been going back to the office now since April, um, and we are officially in a permanent hybrid model. And I think I had shared this with you all a few weeks back on a previous episode, but as offices start to open up again, and I think it's really coming at the end of the summer through the fall for most people, there is this realization, I think, for companies that people are not the same as they were before the pandemic, meaning people are different. There was a huge emotional, physical, mental impact on all of us regardless of the country that you're in, but on all of us through the pandemic and even now. I mean, we've we've talked about this before, that people have lost loved ones, people have gotten sick from COVID. I mean, there are just so many ways in which we've been impacted by the pandemic. And so this article that I'm referencing here is actually saying that There's this understanding that returning employees, returning workers may bring new addictions to the workplace. And I thought it was an interesting article, interesting concept, because I always think people and the impact that people have, you know, have taken away or the impact that COVID has had, let's say the pandemic has had on people has been largely on like mental health and physical health. But mental health obviously goes beyond the scope of anxiety, depression, and things like that. Mental health also reaches addictions. And so I thought this was interesting. I'm just going to read you the blurb, and I will, of course, link everything in the show notes. So this says, as employees return to offices, they may bring new addictions with them, reports the Chicago Tribune. Some people have been able to hide alcohol and drug use precipitated by the isolation and stress of the past year while working from home, but companies may soon have to contend directly with substance abuse as workers return to physical workspaces. Without question, the workforce that's returning is not the same as the one that left. 
said Paula Allen, global leader of research and total well-being at LifeWorks, a Chicago-based company which promotes services to help employers with worker health and well-being. She says, quote, we have a lot of anxiety. We have a lot of people on edge. We're seeing more unhealthy behaviors, including more risky substance abuse. Tom Britton, president and CEO of the Gateway Foundation, an Illinois-based addiction treatment organization, says employers risk being unable to spot problems until they become disruptive, noting that many managers are not trained to identify substance abuse issues or may feel uncomfortable asking staff about such matters. Somebody has to do something really, really significant, do something obvious to get caught in the workplace, Britton said. So that is the whole blurb that Human Times um, you know, put in their newsletter. So actually, just to back up really quickly, Human Times is a newsletter that provides different articles from around the world that can support HR leaders in understanding you know, what's going on around the world. So this is under their health and safety section. Um, and like I said, it caught my eye. And I, I actually really agree with what is being shared here. I, I think we'd be naive as leaders, as HR people, as managers, to assume that the ways in which people have changed doesn't include substance abuse or um, addiction. And I want to break this down a little bit. So for first and foremost, if, if anyone listening struggles with addiction or substance abuse, I will link services in the show notes so that if you are in need of um, resources, that you can find resources in your area. Um, aside from that, as, as an HR person, as a leader in an organization, I should share, I think, some of the best practices with you so that if you are a leader in your organization, you can understand better how to handle something like this or if you see or identify or observe substance abuse um, in the workplace. So it's important to note that actually individuals who are recovering addicts or undergoing treatment for their addiction is part of the ADA's description of a protected class. If someone is not undergoing treatment, they're not necessarily part of a protected class. So for example, if someone shows up to work drunk, they can be fired. If someone shows up to to work drunk, but you are aware that they are in rehab and, you know, then they show up to work drunk and they've already they've already come to you saying that they're in rehab that they're working on their recovery there might be a little bit more of a complication there and actually holding them accountable through termination because they're a protected class as a recovering addict um, however I should say if someone shows up to work drunk even if they are in rehab and they are uh, and their employer is known uh, is aware of their recovery they still could be terminated for violation of workplace policies, but it makes it a little bit more complicated if someone is a recovering addict and the employer is aware of this because recovering addicts, again, are protected by the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, as a protected class. So all of this is to say that understanding this um, article, you know, what the Chicago Tribune is saying is that people are coming to work with different facets of their lives intertwined with work. 
I totally agree that people are not the same today as they were a year and a half to two years ago. And so I think employers need to really think about how they are going to create this psychological safety. We've talked a lot about this, but also physical safety. So if someone is coming to coming back to the workplace with with new or worsened um, issues with substances or or maybe they are a recovering addict, it's important that workplaces are set up for success in supporting and being a part of that solution. So some of the ways in which I think employers can work through things like this is to, first of all, have employee resources. So things like an employee assistance program, also known as an EAP, to have comprehensive benefits for employees, especially um, around mental health benefits and just medical benefits in general, but especially the mental health benefits. A lot of companies or a lot of insurances even um, are now covering virtual therapy services like Talkspace, for example, because they it was incredibly important, I think, for people to have someone to talk to during the pandemic where isolation was real and a lot of people struggle with isolation. Um, anyway, with mental health. So those resources, I think, are important for companies to really think about in order to best support their employees. Coming back to the leader's responsibility. So if a a leader or a manager identifies that someone um, is struggling with substances, I think that there's probably, there are probably two ways to go about these conversations. So again, sharing best practices with you. The first is that leaders need to be set up to understand how to um, how to actually deal with these things. So if you are a leader or you are in a position to train leaders, you should know that if you observe someone struggling with substances, that you should be pulling them aside for a private conversation. These are things that definitely should not go um, you know, unnoticed or swept under the rug because actually we know that substance abuse and mental health are so closely connected and so you never know if that person is hoping for someone to notice, right? So I, I tend to believe that if you see someone struggling with something that you should pull them aside, demonstrate care for them and reach out. So let's say you see Joni uh, in the break room or at work, and you, you've you noticed that something is off. Maybe you don't explicitly see, smell, or hear or anything linked to substance abuse, but you're observing that something is different with employee Joni. Um, you should pull Joni aside, and, and I, I think the conversation is really like, hey, I know it's been a while since we've been in the same room. I wanted to check in with you and see how things are going. And the silence is critical there, like the pause after you lead with that kind of conversation, because you, you'll be able to tell from that person whether they're going to open up or the ways in which they open up. So maybe Joni says, oh, yeah, 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 no, I'm totally fine. All is well. It's weird being back. I think that's the, that's the opening line for you or the, the next line where you can say, oh, you know, totally, it is really weird, you know so much has changed since we locked down so much has changed since we've come back like how are you though because work is work but how are you doing is there anything that I can support you with and 
I would imagine that if you have an established relationship with your team or a person on your team or someone that you work with, maybe you don't have an established relationship, but especially if you do, that person will probably open up. If you don't have an established relationship with that person, I think that this is where you create or start the relationship. There's no harm in opening the door and not not getting anywhere in the first conversation. Like I don't think that anyone should expect to move mountains in one conversation. So as long as you're opening the door, that to me is the most critical thing. So let's say Joni opens up. That's amazing, right? She's opening up. Um, you're able to talk through things. Maybe you can then talk about resources. You can talk about, you know, that you're there for them and, and things like that. Conversely, if Joni doesn't open up or your employee doesn't open up, you can just say, totally get it. You know, listen, I'm here for you. If you ever need to talk like these, these are trying times. It's not going to be an easy transition, but also we're totally different coming back to the workforce, to the office after the pandemic. And I want you to know, I think that's totally normal that we are, we're bringing a different version of ourselves here today and as we go forward. So if you need to talk to anyone, if you need any support, just come to me. And so that now you're setting up the stage so that she could or the employee could feel comfortable coming to you if there's something that's on their mind or something that they're going through. Um, and I think that that is probably the most important thing. If you don't do anything else, that is the most important thing is making sure that that person knows that you are a safe space and that they can come to you and talk to you about things. Um, so that I think if employers, if leaders can do anything as the offices begin to return to normal, it's that. Have genuine, authentic conversations with your people to try and understand who are they? What versions of themselves are they bringing back to the office? So now that we've covered that side of the best practices, I think the other side is that, I guess, coming back to the resources that are available to employees, the first thing is, again, really making sure that those resources are set up. I also think that employees need to be vocal about the things that they need. And I think one of the biggest differences between, you know, 2019 or the very start of 2020 and where we are today is that there, we and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, people are not hiding who they are. They're not checking, quote unquote, checking their baggage at the door. They are bringing their full selves to work because the pandemic really made everyone um, stop and think about their lives, what they wanted, what they needed. And same with the social justice movements. I mean, all of that, that huge, I don't want to say bubble burst because I think it, it's, it, it's not a bubble, but it's, you know, it's the realization of what life actually means that changed everyone's perspective or at least made people think differently. And so I, I think employees who do need those resources need to be more comfortable talking about those things and need to be more comfortable asking for what they need. So if if I were an employee in need of those resources, I think I would first start by going to HR and saying, hey, these are some things that I'm struggling with. Um, what resources are available to me? Or if you don't want to talk to someone, maybe you're not comfortable speaking with the partners that you have in place, do your own research first. Look in your handbooks, ask about the resources that you that are available. You don't even have to give any detail, but start somewhere 
so that you are leveraging the things that are available to you. So other than, you know, these potentially new or worsening addictions that people are faced with or facing, as especially as they return to the office, it makes me think again about the conversation on mental health. Um, and actually, one of the articles in Human Resources, ex, Human Resource Executive, excuse me, uh, talks about how compared to March, women are showing a 33% increase in feelings of anxiety, 25% increase in stress, and a 23% increase in depressed mood. And that's just on the just looking at women. Um, but I think that this is the, these increases, doesn't matter whether it's 2% or 33%, we have to, as business leaders, really recognize and identify that people are um, experiencing worsening uh, mental health symptoms or struggles with mental health. And so I think that this all kind of comes back to the reality that we can't, as businesses or organizations, assume that we can just, you know, go back to the status quo, go back to normal, because people are different than they were two years ago. And so whether it's they're, it's that they're different because of their mental health challenges or whether it's that they're different because they have families now. I mean, it doesn't matter. What the reality is is that saying, okay, we're going to go back to exactly the way that we were just doesn't make sense. So I know a lot of the last um, few episodes on the podcast have been about the great resignation and turnover and and work remotely uh changes or hybrid changes and things like that. But I actually think that that is the, that is the biggest challenge that businesses are facing today is that they cannot go back to what was normal and good in 2019. Employees are people and people are different and people are expecting more from their employers. And I think just generally speaking, when you are working remotely, there is a different ability to be able to do the things that you need to do as a human being, as an individual, to handle the things that you are experiencing personally, whether it's anything from running errands or to scheduling a therapy session virtually in the middle of your day. I mean, those things are much more easily uh, handled when you are remote um, than when you are in the office. So I think that there is going to be that push and pull for sure between employees and their employers. So on that note, if anyone listening needs resources, I've added them to the show notes. If you ever need to talk, I am here. I answer every single DM. Uh, at least I, I try to in a timely manner. Um, but know that I am a resource to you and I will share those resources in the show notes. If you think um, or you know of anyone who would find this episode helpful, I would love if you'd share this episode with them. Um, and actually, if any of you have stories of dealing with things like this or, you know, whether you're the leader in this scenario or whether you are the employee in this scenario, I would love to hear stories of employers or businesses, organizations that are doing a good job in coming back to this new normal and helping acclimate their employees to being in the office and working together again. I would love to hear those stories. Or if you have some not so great stories, happy to hear those as well. Because I do think it's helpful to hear 
others going through similar situations. I mean, I think that's true for anything and everything. So, I mean, there's so much more that we can talk about, about this return to office culture, because I think everything is different. I mean, even figuring out how to respect each other's space differently or now is so different because you're used to being able to take calls and have meetings from anywhere in your house or anywhere in your apartment. But now we're back to sharing the same spaces or communal spaces and that can be a little weird. So if there's anything specific that you want me to talk about or if you have any stories that you want me to share, any questions that you'd like me to answer, send them my way. Follow me on Instagram at hrtracy. As always, you can connect with me there and please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Let me know your thoughts and I will see you next week.